This is a Bartificer production. Hi folks, welcome to episode 118 of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bouchot, and this is the show for July 2023. It's another solo show this month, um... And I've been doing some thinking, and I thought I'd share some of my thinking with you. So I've titled the episode Rethinking Sharing because I've been changing how I engage with the sort of broader photographic community. Well, that sounds very fancy. Um, but, you know, for various reasons, I've ended up changing some things. So I think the best thing to do is to zoom back. And before I had sort of, this age must be more than five or six years ago, but anyway, at some point I had settled into a routine where Flickr was my main way of interacting with other photographers. And I was probably too fixated on how many views my photos were getting, how many fabs my photos were getting, and how many comments my photos were getting. I, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, I, I think that all mattered far too much. And uh, my workflow was a big pro camera, big pro apps. And so it was, you know, shooting with a DSLR, processing in Aperture on a desktop machine, exporting from Aperture at a small size, watermarking the images, and then post those shrunk watermarked images up to Flickr. And, you know, that watermarking and all that shenanigans, that, that that was silly in hindsight as well. But hey, hindsight's amazing. Uh, and, you know, I would, I genuinely would sort of tweak and adjust my photography to get more interaction with people, but that doesn't actually mean anything. Um, and of course, because it was a desktop based workflow, it was always a long lag between actually shooting the shots on the DSLR and actually going through the whole editing process and exporting and watermarking and uploading. So the, the posts on Flickr were always behind. And because I was chasing Twitter view, you know, Twitter comments and stuff, I was doing what in hindsight are very silly things like, that's basically playing the numbers game, right? So it may not be as much of a thing, but it's certainly not a thing I'm doing anymore. But there were Flickr groups where you would post one, comment three, or post one, comment five. And you'd have to, you know, if you submit an image to the group, then you would have to go and post a comment with a pre-made you know, bit of code onto three or five or whatever number of pictures were in the group's rule. And so what you were doing was basically plastering Flickr with these dumb spam messages that were always blingy and ick. And you were just making pointless comments and you were inviting people, requiring people to do the same on your photographs. So if you look at old photographs of mine and you scroll down into the comments, it's full of this meaningless clutter. You know, these blingy icons for groups that no one cares about because everyone's just out for getting more clicks for themselves and there's no actual meaningful engagement of any kind. It, it's all just transactional, pointless. And in hindsight, I think my heart wasn't in it anymore as I flicker faded. Um, 
But when Aperture went away, that was like a hard stop because my whole workflow was broken. Right? My, the desktop was at the center of the workflow and Flickr was at the end of that workflow. So with the workflow gone, Flickr didn't happen. And for ages and ages, my Flickr feed just sat there, languished, and I didn't engage. Uh, simultaneously then, I was doing a lot more photography on the iPhone and it's really quite natural when you shoot on the phone to edit on the phone because the Photos app editing is actually pretty darn good. And once you've edited the shot, it's pretty natural to post it straight to Twitter. So what was happening was, although I'd never made a conscious choice to replace my slow, cumbersome sharing process to Flickr with a point-click edit post workflow to Twitter, that's what happened. You know, by default, I ended up posting much more directly. And there was, that actually went quite well. Like, there weren't really any stats to distract me. And any engagement I got was genuine because there was no, there's no transactional stuff going on. So if someone took the time to comment on a tweet, they meant it. And, you know, whatever comments I got, they were meaningful, but there were obviously far fewer of them. But again, they were meaningful. So that was actually useful. So on the whole, that was actually quite all right. Um, and so I think sort of by utter accident, I ended up in a place where the engagement people were having with me was meaningful, but I wasn't really engaging with others anymore because Twitter doesn't work as well for that, in my opinion, as a, a dedicated photo place like Flickr. So what I used to get out of Flickr was Basically, if you want to be a good photographer, you need to look at photos. You need to re- really look at photographs, engage with photographs, you know, look for work, see what speaks to you, figure out why it speaks to you, analyze it, think about it. You know, if you want, if you want to write good stuff, you need to write. If you want to take good photographs, you need to look at photographs. Actually, sorry, if you want to write good stuff, you need to read. If you want to take good photographs, you need to photograph, or you need to look at photographs. And with the move away from Flickr to Twitter, that accidentally went away. And that actually hasn't been to my benefit, that I'm not engaging nearly as much with other people's photography. So I'd ended up in a place where I was getting good engagement in my work, but I was missing out on the kind of analytical, deep engagement I used to do with other people's work. Um, and I was sort of coasting away, and maybe I was getting a bit cranky again under the hood. But then Elon and Twitter went to hell in a handcart. And this time, I actually took the time to actually think about what I might want to do. So the first thing I was like, wow, clearly we are swapping this Twitter thing for Mastodon. So I switched over to Mastodon and, you know, I now share to Mastodon and sort of copy and paste without any thought to Twitter. Quite got rented leading my account. But it's very interesting that the, the, the quantity and quality of engagement I get on Mastodon where I have fewer followers is way higher than on Twitter, where in theory I have loads of followers. Maybe lots of bots, or there may be a lot of people like me who are who are still on Twitter because that you know leaving is effort. But our heart isn't in it anymore because the place is a bit of a dumpster fire thanks to Elon. I think there's a lot of people who still have accounts and they still pop in from time to time, but don't really engage like they used to anymore. That's certainly where I've ended up. But as I was <clears throat> transitioning from primary posting to... So initially I kept posting to Twitter as my primary and I'd put my time and effort into writing the Twitter post and then copy and paste the Twitter post to Mastodon. And it didn't take long for me to realise that Mastodon was giving me way better just in every way. So that flipped on its head. And I was putting the time and effort into 
writing good Mastodon posts and then copying and pasting onto Twitter and shortening if needed. And once I realized that I was doing Mastodon first and Twitter second, I thought, oh, I should really update the preferences on my iPhone so that when I hit the share sheet, the Mastodon button should come first and I should move the Twitter button further down the list. It's just more convenient to have the one you care about actually first in the list. So little bonus tip there, if you don't organize the things in your share sheet, you can. And I would strongly recommend you do. It makes life a lot easier. You can also disable things on the share street that you actually don't want to share to. Like, I never want to send photographs to Dropbox, even though I have the Dropbox app installed. So I remove those from the share sheet and a bunch of other ones too. Anyway, as I was reorganizing my share sheet to put Mastodon first and Twitter second, I noticed that Flickr icon sitting there. I thought, hang on a second. Maybe it's time to go back into Flickr but different. Don't pick up where I left off. Start clean. It's been so long, so many years. No, you know, I'm sure no one even remembers me in there, so I can start afresh. Turns out actually lots of people still did remember me, and as soon as I posted again, I got quite a few, oh, hey, nice to see you back, which was actually really nice. Um, anyway, I, I saw the Twitter, it's a Flickr icon, and I added it back into the share sheet. And so now my basic process is that I thoughtfully write a mastodon you know verbiage to go with my photo post the photo to mastodon copying and paste that to twitter and shrink if needed and then share to Flickr using the mastodon as a starting point but adding in all the other metadata so the tags and the location snappy title Basically, completely fill out the Twitter metadata with all the care and attention I used to give it when doing it from the desktop. And then post to, to, to Flickr as well. Um, and initially, I just posted to see what would happen. I didn't really start re-engaging. I just, oh, it's another thing on my share sheet. I'll just post. But I very quickly remembered why I used to like Flickr. Because there actually, there are good people there. And... There is amazing photography there, and you actually can cultivate a good community there. You just need to not do silly things like take part in transactional groups and stuff. So I decided I was actually going to take the time to re-engage. And one of the reasons is because the Flickr app doesn't suck as much as it used to. I still won't describe it as the world's greatest iOS app, because it isn't. It definitely is actually now a usable app, especially on the iPad. I've really fallen in love. So I share on the iPhone because that's where the photograph's taken and edited, but I engage in Flickr on the iPad. And I'm now using Flickr to fill the role of exploring other people's work and meaningfully engaging with other people's work and learning from it. So I've sort of set myself some ground rules. Um, I'm slowly in the process of cleaning my contacts and my group memberships. So the the Flickr homepage is like your you know the photo stream of stuff for you, which is from the people you follow and the groups you're a member of. And anytime I see something in there that it's like, why are you, why is this still here? It was probably because I transactionally followed the person because they followed me, or I joined the group because it was one of those you know post one comment three ones. Anyway, as I see things in the For You stream or whatever Flickr call it that I don't don't care about anymore, I just unfollow or leave the group. And after a few weeks, I mean, if you go to my profile and look at everyone I follow and you look at every group member, it's still full of garbage in there. 
but they're obviously very quiet garbage because my actual stream is very, very high signal to noise now, now that I've taken a bit of time to curate it a bit. And I'm going to keep doing that slowly over time because it's a chore if you do it all at once, whereas if you just curate a bit at a time, tidy up as you go, you end up in a better place with less effort and less stress. So I'm now in a place where the For You stream is genuinely full of interesting photographs. And so the first thing I will do of an evening, if I have a little bit of time, is just on the iPad, where it's a full screen immersive experience, just open up the Twitter app, or the Flickr app and just scroll through the, the stream of people and groups I follow. And if something catches my eye, if a photograph jumps out at me, then I'll click into it and I will write a thoughtful and meaningful comment, which is primarily to make me stop and think, why does this photograph speak to me? It caught my eye. I was scrolling through a list. There were lots of images there. This one was somehow worthy of being clicked on. Why? And that kind of reflection really helps hone your skill. And if you then make yourself express that, well, it really helps you hone your skill. And so I'm writing a sort of a comment because it's nice to contribute to the community. It's nice to engage. But it's more to help me think. Now, as a bonus, what I end up with is a hell of a lot more thoughtful comments back than I would have ever had in the past. Because if you take the time and energy to really post a meaningful comment that's clearly had some thought put into it, people will respond in kind. They'll say, oh, well, here's a person who's worthy of a bit of effort. And they'll go to your photo stream and give your photo stream the same kind of respect. And you really notice that when you're doing the transactional stuff, all the engagement you get is on your most recent photographs. Right? So if, if I'm doing a you know post one, comment three, the comment threes I get back from other posters to that group will all be on my first five or six images. Right? They're just going to go to the photo stream and click the most recent thing. But when you take the time to write a thoughtful comment on other people's photographs, what I've noticed is a lot of the comments I get are in stuff that's two, three, four pages back in my stream. So people are actually taking the time to explore my photo stream and to dive into the images that speak to them and then to comment back in a meaningful way to me. So a lot more of my stuff is coming up on my older work, which is kind of interesting. So where I've ended up by not being transactional is that, you know, my immediate, here is me sharing my work and anyone who wants to follow can. That's now primarily on Mastodon, but also on, on Flickr, obviously, since it's the photo sharing site, but a lot of that is on Mastodon. So my social media in the traditional sense is on Mastodon and I like it. But my photo consumption for the point of growing, very grandiose, but, you know, my Looking at photographs to learn is now back on Flickr and I'm making myself write only meaningful comments. And in the past, I do silly things like just post nice shot, but there's literally a button for that. Like if a photograph is worthy of going, oh, that's nice, but you actually can't say something meaningful, just click the star. I mean, do you really add anything to anything by duplicating that with silly words? So I decided, no, I'm going to, if I'm going to comment, I need to actually say something real. And if I have nothing real to say, I'll just click the star button. Um, so I'm engaging a lot. And on a day where I have a bit more free time and I've sort of, I've gone through the For You stream, 
I have been getting great enjoyment from going into the Flickr Explorer stream and taking the time to write a meaningful comment on some of the photos in there and to start following new photographers who I hadn't been following before. So I'm discovering photographers through the Explorer stream, which is kind of the point of it. Um, And I'm so as well as cutting back contacts that are just legacy from before, I'm also adding new contacts from stuff I discover and explore. And it's actually proving very pleasant. And like I said, the iPad is proving to be a surprisingly good device because it's immersive. You're basically in a photography console. There are no distractions. When I'm exploring photography on the iPad, I'm exploring photography on the iPad and doing nothing else. And uh, yeah, it's, it's working very well for me. So, you know, everyone is different and everyone should do whatever works for you. But if you're finding yourself sort of not really enjoying your engagement with photography anymore, which is certainly where I was, then I'll offer five pieces of advice that helped me get to a place where I'm a lot happier with how I'm interacting. They may or may not be of any relevance to you. Take them for what they're worth. Ignore the ones you don't agree with. Consider the the other ones. But anyway, What I think I've landed on is five simple to express pieces of advice. First and foremost, ignore the metrics. Just, it's not about, like, what does it mean if something has more views than something else? Does it have any actual meaning if it gets more favorites than something else? It probably doesn't, right? It's all sort of silly selection effect. A view is not a view is not a view. They're not equal and the numbers are meaningless. So I just, I don't care. I decided, no, don't care. I am completely avoiding transactional engagement, beyond basic courtesy, of course. Be nice. Um, So anything where you need to, you know, if I, you know, I follow you, therefore you should follow me. None of that carry on. You've commented on my photograph, therefore I should comment on your photograph. None of that carry on, especially none of these formalized transactional structures like the groups. Just don't be transactional. Engage meaningfully and only meaningfully. The other thing is pay it forward. So if someone does put the energy into constructively engaging with you, put the energy into constructively engaging with their stream. And if it speaks to you, get involved. But don't only comment just because. I guess, you know, two and three sort of play off each other. Um, The other thing is, I am just avoiding meaningless comments. If I'm going to type something, it's meaningful, or I'm not going to type it, I'm just going to press the favourite button or whatever. And, uh, Honestly, the iPad is so much better an experience than the desktop because there's no distractions. You're not in a window along with your email client and your Flickr client or your Twitter client and whatnot. It's just you and the photography, full screen, immersive. I'm truly surprised at how much of a difference it makes to explore people's work on the iPad. I highly recommend trying it. Right, not the world's longest episode but you know I, I said it's what's been on my mind so I figured I'd share it in the hope that it, it triggers some reflection in others and maybe you'll end up sharing in a way that makes you happier or makes you more fulfilled that's kind of the point um, the usual I have sort of a an essay-ish style version of these thoughts over at lessashtalk.ie as the show notes and when you're there, you can support the show now. For reasons, 
<laughs> the charming people um, in Patreon have decided that providing a transition mechanism for long-standing customers from per episode to per month structures is not a priority for them. So my choices to switch to monthly were either to close my account and start fresh and lose all of my followers, or to wait until they get round to providing a pathway. I've decided there's a third way. Uh, I'm simulating monthly. So in the past, I would post a Patreon post for every podcast episode. What I'm now doing is waiting until the end of the month and then posting one post to Patreon with a link to all of my podcasting work for the entire month. And not just the, you know, the Let's Talk Apple and Self Photography, but all of my podcasting work, because a lot of people actually officially supported Let's Talk Apple and Self Photography because they wanted to support what I did over on Allison shows or whatever. So the, the uh, Chit Chat Across the Pond or the Nasillacast, podby.com. But now you can just support me for everything I do because it's one post once a month with links to everything I do. And basically whatever you pledge to that one post is in effect a monthly pledge. What I'm basically getting at is effectively I've switched to, for all intents and purposes, I've switched to monthly billing, even though I'm implementing it in a hacky way because. The upside of this is I've wanted to end up on monthly billing for a while so that people can just support what I do in the, in the more general sense. Uh, but the downside is I've always been telling everyone, whatever you'd like to give me, divide it by two. Well, you know, please consider doubling your pledge if you're an existing person, because there's only going to be one thing a month now, and uh, this month is going to be a little bit lean in terms of income. It's fine. I was expecting it. I've planned for it. There is, you know, there's money to pay the bills. It's not a crisis. But if you happen to have the time and you think I'm still worth it, do please consider adjusting your contribution to match the fact that it's now monthly instead of twice a month. Of course, anyone who supports the shows in any way is greatly appreciated. Just tell a friend, post about it on your social media of choice. It is all really valuable because it brings more people into the community, into the show. And, you know, reality is sometimes people aren't in a position to support podcasting because podcasting is not you know, important like food and shelter and so forth is. So if you used to support the show but now you can't, don't feel bad. Thank you very, very much for all the support you have offered over the years and maybe at some stage in the future you might support the show again, in which case, cool. If not, don't worry about it. Thank you. So anyway, I'm going to stop prattling on. Thank you to everyone who has ever or will ever support the show. You'll find more at letsastalk.ie. I've been your host, Bart Bouchot, and you can find me at bartb.ie.